We made it to 80. We made it to 80. Hey, everybody. We made it to 80. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. And I'm just giving the first 80 episodes away for free. There you go. Free. What do I ask out of you? Nothing. Just lend an ear. I mean, I know I occasionally ask for a rating or a review on iTunes, but why? Why? What's it going to do? Even if I had 1 million ratings or reviews, what's that going to do? I genuinely don't know. Does that mean all of a sudden we launch this bad boy onto a big platform? Does it mean this becomes a little Joe Rogan experience? Huh? Yeah, no. No, no, no. None of that. Just a same old, same old experience. But that's good enough for now, huh? Why am I saying, ah, after everything I say, huh? How soon would that get annoying if I really did that, huh? After everything I said? Yeah, it's good to be alive, huh? Super Bowl yesterday, tough loss for the Niners, huh? But overall, not a bad season, huh? Going from a rough stretch all the way to the big stage, huh? Not bad, huh? Do you hate it yet? Or should I just incorporate this as my new thing, huh? All right, I noticed something. My wife and I, we cook a lot. And we try to use good ingredients, fresh ingredients, healthy ingredients, nutritious ingredients. And then if it tastes really good, the biggest compliment we could give each other is comparing it to fast food. Like if we use top shelf beef and make ground beef tacos with fresh produce and Greek yogurt instead of sour cream and organic avocados and everything, like just the greatest ingredients. And we take a bite of these homemade ground beef tacos and then we go, ooh, I mean, that's like Taco Bell good. Ooh, that's like as good as Del Taco. That's the compliment we give each other. If I were to barbecue burgers and my wife says, oh my God, this is like in and out good. That's the biggest compliment I could get. So what are we doing? Why don't I just go through the drive-thru, spend the $7.64 and actually get the fast food? Why? Why not? It's because we're trying to simulate. We still love the taste of shitty food, but we're trying to make the healthy food Tastes really good, yet really shitty in a weird way. You see what I'm saying? Like if I'm making homemade hash browns and my wife says, oh my God, this is like McDonald's breakfast hash browns. Yet I was using fresh farm organic potatoes and our fresh organic extra virgin olive oil and all the great coarse salt, even the best salts. My wife has read a whole book on salt. That's our life, folks. How do you get down? All right, that's our wildlife. My wife's reading a book on salt. I'm over here reading my 10th memoir from a female comedian. Sounds like I might need to broaden my scope a little. But we're using the right salt. And yet in the end, all we're looking for is that compliment. That it tastes like Burger King. That it tastes like Wendy's. That it tastes like Taco Bell. That it tastes like McDonald's. That it tastes like In-N-Out. I make a fresh fish, huh? My wife goes, ooh, it's like Long John Silver's. Not really. Has anybody listening ever had Long John Silver's? You've probably seen it on a road trip. But have you actually been? Have you ever walked into a Long John Silver's? I kind of want to. Just talking about it right now. You'll see one on the side of a road on a long road trip where you are nowhere near water. And you wonder, what the fuck kind of fish are they serving over there? Hi there, I'll do the trout. What do they serve? I just know it's a fast food seafood restaurant and even like three steps below Red Lobster. Red Lobster, I believe, is still a restaurant with a host and a waitress and a cook in the back. But Long John Silver's, it's a seafood restaurant. Am I getting this right, folks? Am I getting this right? That uh, 
exists only on road trips beyond the wheat fields? Who's eating that? That's beneath any other cuisine out there, right? Their slogan is, you've given up on life. Long John Silver's, you've given up on your life. Long John Silver's punishing your insides since 1974. When did it start? That's my question. Who had the idea? All right. Burgers, McDonald's has cornered the market. Mexican food, fast food, Taco Bell. They've definitely conquered that angle. We need fish. Fish in a hurry. Actually, for any of the foodies listening out there, or people that just love to cook, fish is hard. Would you agree? Fish you could screw up real quickly and then just apologize as you're serving it. Yet, tell the people who are eating it, well, it's healthy. That's what I like to do. When I mess up, all cooks mess up, right? No, just me. But when I mess up, I like to just remind people who are eating with me. Well, you know something? Uh, This is healthy, so feel good about that. Uh, The taste is beyond bad. Yeah, that's one of the few things you just got to have in a restaurant. I'm not doing high-level salmon. The restaurants that know how to do salmon, it's a different world. I also like Chinese food. You don't know anybody that does homemade Chinese food really well, right? It's just you got to get it in the restaurant. There's some things like that. You got to get it in the restaurant. Don't try to simulate at home. You got to get it in the restaurant. Most soups, right? Most soups. Better in a restaurant where they just use a ton of fat, ton of butter, ton of salt. In no way did I want to begin episode 80 this way. In no way. So how did I want to begin it? Hope you just fast forwarded that part. So how to begin, right? Huh? Well, I'm in the process of eliminating apps, as we know. Goodbye, Instagram. Goodbye, Strava. Strava was the one where you measure how far you're running or other people can click like on your runs or give you comments like, hey, good run. Or, hey, you're out of shape and slow. Or, hey, maybe time to retire. Or, hey, tubby, you're slowing down traffic. No, just me. Just the comments I'm getting at. Huh? So I'm down to very few apps. Got Twitter, got words with friends. It's about it. I look at my wife's phone, and my wife knows how to moderate phone time. She's not always on her phone, but she has an app called Nextdoor. And I think most of you know what that is. Nextdoor. In your neighborhood, it's where a bunch of neighbors could tell you what's going on. Maybe they're going to sell something. Maybe they're worried about something. Maybe there's an event, and they want to bring it to your attention. Nextdoor. I don't have that app. I don't need it. I don't want it. It's not a source of news for me. No thanks. However, my wife occasionally tells me in our neighborhood the crime. And the crime is so mild, it's almost funny. Like she'll say, yeah, a few blocks over, a suspicious person was spotted. Next door posts about so many suspicious people. What makes the people this way? How do you get labeled suspicious? Like if I say, whoa, there was a suspicious person on our block, what are you picturing? Like just a creeper? Tinted windows, white van, just parked? Are you picturing an old beat-up car and someone who's looking dirty behind the wheel? Doesn't even have to be in a car. Just someone standing on the sidewalk? Could they be labeled suspicious on next door to have a bunch of the neighbors comment below? Well, I certainly hope the cops find him and send him away. Do you picture a man? Of course you do, right? We're profiling right now. If next door has a post... It says suspicious person on your block. You picture a guy, right? Maybe just me. And then I start to wonder. I get very self-conscious about this type of stuff. Have I ever looked suspicious? I look pretty haggard on my dog walks. 
Sometimes I just wear pajama pants and a large winter coat, like a puffy winter coat, and an old knitted beanie, and sometimes my beard gets a little scraggly, and sometimes my dog who's off leash is about 20 feet away from me. And when he's in the bushes, I'll just be standing there on the sidewalk, looking haggard. Someone drives by, I guess I look suspicious. I can be on next door. Or is it your face? Is it just your face? Right now, think about your group of friends, acquaintances, peers, family members. Who has a suspicious face? You could think of one person. I guarantee you could think of one person. Even though that's not their intent, they might be an upstanding citizen. They might be a great contributor to society, but they can't fix that. You can't fix the fact that you have a suspicious face and the people on next door are going to talk about you. Lawn chair for sale post. Girl Scout cookies post and then suspicious person. Every third post is suspicious person. I guess that's a testament to how safe this neighborhood is. You don't really see muggings, carjackings, murders. That's basically it. We get some suspicious people. And I am praying right now that it's not me. But if it is, holy shit, that would be funny. I actually do like reading the local crime. I don't know why. We all do the same thing, though, right? We read the local crime articles and we go, will I know this person? Will I know this person? Because the lead of the story, they usually don't use the name. And if they're under 18, they don't use the name. And occasionally there'll be an article written two weeks later about a crime and they'll finally reveal the name. And I guess 0.02% of the time I actually know the person. Whether it's a relative of one of my friends or someone I went to school with or just somebody I remember from the neighborhood. It's always a big moment, though. Will I know the name? Usually it's not big crimes either. The suburbs have the weirdest crimes, though. Not the biggest crimes, but the weirdest crimes. Like someone will have a pet duck and a stepdad will shoot the duck. And the kid whose duck got killed says that bullet was supposed to be for me, so we should get a restraining order. Then he shows up two weeks later and it's Valentine's Day. And all of a sudden... He has tickets to the ballet, so they make up. But really, they're still wondering, why did he have a loaded gun? And I don't think that's a real story. Huh? I think I was just uh, daydreaming right there. What happened? Who's that? Papa? Papa? Okay, speaking of Papa, my dad uh, has hair now. That's breaking news this hour just into the news desk. Uh, we'll get to Hurricane Gerard in just a few moments, but my dad has hair now. I was born in 1981. He didn't have hair back then. That's fine. Some men don't have hair. That's fine. That's what happens. That's nature. But my dad is now 70 years old. Guess what? He has hair. A good amount. Not just a few Homer Simpson sprouts, but my dad's got a nice head of hair. It is curly. It is the color white. He still wears a hat, so he doesn't let it breathe all that often. But the amazing part is that it's just considered common now. Commonplace. Yeah, we all know. Medical hair restoration. It's a procedure. They take hair from the back of your head and they just grow it on the top of your head. And we don't even treat this like a miracle anymore? This is a fucking stunning miracle that I'm 38 years old and now I have a dad with hair? Do you know what that means for the family? Actually, nothing. It actually means absolutely nothing. But I'll get used to it. I will. I'm going to get used to it. Some of these things we're able to do to our bodies, though, I think they just become commonplace and we forget that these are little mini medical miracles. Yeah, we're just going to plant some hair on the top and in two months, you'll have a bushy little fro. Really? 
Think about all the fake body parts you could get. Plenty, right? I recently saw a friend who had the fakest colored eye contacts in. It looked cool. It was like teal, teal eyes. It really did look good. But I was just thinking, there's no stopping the augmentation that humans are going to do. Like right now, of course, you see a lot of fake breasts. You see fake calves, fake butts, fake colored hair on a lot of people, or just fake hair, period, altogether. Can we be taller yet? I mean, I know I could wear Nike Air Maxes or Timberland boots like George Costanza, but can I get the procedure yet? Can I be 6'1"? Maybe. I bet if I Googled it, I could. I bet I could find a doctor down in Tijuana willing to make me taller. I don't know how, but we can Google it. Google anything you want. Think about one, one little shallow area that bugs you about your appearance. We all have some things that we nitpick. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, we should accept ourselves and love ourselves fully and allow the aging process to just happen, naturally happen, but we don't. No, we don't. I look in the mirror, I see such incredible wrinkles in my forehead. It almost looks like scars. These aren't just wrinkles on my forehead. These are scars, my furrowed brow. Am I always that worried where I'm always furrowing my brow? Maybe. So is there an operation where we could smooth it out? Absolutely there is. They could shoot some sort of rat poison in there, and then boom, guess what? I look in the mirror, and the wrinkles aren't there. Does that make me happy? Do I all of a sudden win anything? Do I look better? Does my wife go, oh, so much sexier. God, you were such a beast to be with, but now you have a smooth forehead. I mean, really, we do all this stuff, but I think it's just for us. I think it's just for us. I don't think anybody's really gauging our looks the way we think we're being gauged Huh? When I go bald, I'm still going toupee. I'm bringing that look back. Not just any toupee. One that doesn't really match the sides. You know what I mean? Like, I have coarse, thick hair. I might just get bowl cut toupee. Like 1990s skater toupee. Where I could blow, like blow with my lower lip, like, <sighs> to get it out of my eyes. That kind of toupee. And in the wind, I'm not going to staple it or Velcro it down. In the wind, I want it to fly off. I want people to have that moment. They go, oh, sir, sir, I think your toupee flew off. I want to be taking a photo on the Golden Gate Bridge like a tourist on a windy day just to have somebody have to pick it up for me or, or draw my attention to it. Hey, sir, I think your hairpiece is 20 yards behind you. See, now that's, that's different than body augmentation. That's different than modern medicine scientific breakthroughs that's just somebody saying yeah what's a better name for a wig a toupee it sounds french bidet toupee we oui. i'd say i'm 30 percent gray now and eh, maybe 25 30 percent gray still if you saw me at first glance you'd say oh that man has dark brown hair but then if you got closer you'd say oh speckled speckled with silver fox and then let's just say 10 15 20 years from now it's all white all gray am i gonna diet jet black now, now, pick a better color than that. My friend has teal colored eye contacts. Why would I go jet black? No, sir. I'm going Marge Simpson royal blue. Let it be known. And then when that falls off, people are going to wonder, is he going to get a royal blue toupee? Nah, bright red. And I'll get offended if anybody brings it up to me. I'll get offended if any of my students snicker. At my bright red toupee, my clown hair. I'm going to send them right to the principal's office just so they can have a laugh up there at my expense. Now that's suspicious. Then next door would have a field day with me. 
suspicious person with a suspicious toupee on your block. And my wife would have to post on all these next door message boards. That's my husband. We're trying to discuss this. It's one of the issues on the docket for our Sunday family discussions. All right. I literally have not gotten to anything I've meant to get to. But there's one thing I do want to bring up right now. And that is this past weekend, I went to a memorial for somebody in my high school graduating class that passed away unexpectedly a few months ago. And there was a memorial event organized up in Petaluma. And I went with a few friends and I had no clue what to expect. It was not like a very detailed invitation. I think it was a post on social media. A friend forwarded me and said, you want to go? And I was like, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't close friends with this person. I would say very friendly. Knew this person forever, probably since fifth grade. And it's incredibly sad when she passed away. I immediately thought of her close friends because her close friends are my friends. And I was thinking, this is a major tragedy because we're young still. I mean, we're in our thirties. You know, I just went to my 20 year high school reunion and I looked around and said, all right, we're still young. You know, it's not like that crazy moment where you look around and you realize, oh, we're all, we're all over the hill. Not yet. So whenever there is a death within this age range, it feels very young. And as I walked into this memorial, I looked around And I saw immediately about 20 familiar faces, many I have not seen in 20 years, many that were not even at the reunion. And first of all, I'm stifled by that setting, like most people. You know, how do you find the right words? You could read a Hallmark card, you could say what's in your heart, but really nothing sounds good. Even as you say it out loud, if you ever say that to someone, you look directly in their eyes and you say, my condolences for your loss, it just sounds like ineffective. It sounds like I'm going to say things and I hope they don't feel empty. And I mean it. Sorry for your loss. It almost sounds like you're reciting something from a Hallmark card. You want to be sincere, but also you you don't know how your words are going to land. And you have about seven, eight conversations like that, and it starts to just weigh on you. I've been to funerals, but there was something about this memorial where I was thinking, I'm not doing well. Like my social interactions, you know, I'm giving hugs. I'm seeing a lot of people that I love. But really, it's like, what is expected? Like once you give condolences... Can you then change the subject and start talking about some of the nice things going on in life? Hey, what do you do? You know, really catching up with people after you get past the topic of why we're there. Then there were like tons of conversations and I was there for three hours. So by the end of it, I'm really catching up with a lot of people. And there was one guy there who was one of my closest friends. This is why I'm bringing it up. You go down memory lane with people that you were close friends with from ages 11 to 14. The stories are amazing. It almost sounds like folklore, like legendary tales. You go, did that really happen? And one of my buddies I have not seen since 1999 was in the room. Looks completely different. And that was one of those moments where I had to squint and go, what? Who is that? Holy shit. Get over here. Big hug. You just immediately want to say, I love you still. I know we haven't talked, but I love you. And I love the memories. And one of the memories that came to mind, I didn't even bring this up, but I was thinking about it the whole time, is when we took driver's ed not driver's training i think driver's training is when you're actually in the car but driver's ed it was two weekends in the attic at stefano's that's right stefano's pizza and ignacio used to have an upstairs attic area with conference tables and that is where we took driver's ed and this buddy of mine and i we went up there and it was very weird there were about oh i don't know 20 teens with their permits 
so bored, so pissed off that we had to be there for two straight weekends. So the first weekend, the guy running the show, I believe his name was Jeff. I do believe that. Jeff was about 30 years old, lots of energy, very nice guy. Handed out all the paperwork, showed us the films, talked to us, gave us lunch breaks. All fine and good. Here we are on our way to getting our driver's licenses. Is, 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 is. The next weekend we come back, I'm not making this up, there's an entirely new driver's ed teacher. And he's just taking role. Mike Stevens, Peter Bannister, Josh Rosenberg, just taking role real slow. Edgar Renteria, who's that? Baseball player? Probably. Alvin Hallowell, Pierre Darnkelnuts, Gary Pervenstein. Just going to make up some names for fake roll call, but he's going through the attendance real slow. And then he's about to transition into... The accelerator is on the right. The brake on the left. What the hell were they even teaching us? For hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. To make a left turn stick out your arm. Blinker. Windshield wipers. Liquid bull bearings. Anywho, who are you? The guy who was now our instructor took about a half hour before he said, Oh, okay. Some of you are probably wondering... Who I am? Well, Jeff from last week, he stole the company's car and he's on the run. He's a fugitive and the cops are looking for him. They can't find him anywhere. And yes, he took all of your parents' money. That is 100% true. Now, I fear that one day I might run out of stories on this podcast, but that one is true. And my friend who I saw at the memorial would vouch for every word of what I just said. So Jeff took all of our parents' money, and took the driver's ed car and fled. And I never heard how that ends. Did they catch him? I don't know. Did he take all of our money? He did. Did I eventually graduate from driver's ed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one cared about that last question. But now I got to go back and talk to my friend who I saw at the memorial. And it won't be a conversation like, did that really happen? Because I know it really happened. But I want to hear his account of it. And ultimately, this memorial brought a lot of good people together. So it was certainly worth going to, catching up with a ton of people I would have never seen in years, 20 more years from now. But memorial etiquette, I should have Googled it. How much do you eat? There was a lot of food. Do you just sit down and plow through it? You don't want to have a mouthful of spinach dip when someone's coming up to you to give you a sentimental hug. They were serving all sorts of things that you don't necessarily want to be eating while exchanging condolences. Big old cake, like wedding cake style. So I didn't eat much, which means I got a little woozy, got a little lightheaded, got a little dry mouth. You don't want that either. In a conversation with somebody, that white spittle gets in the corner of your mouth. Oh, now they're distracted. Now you're worried and self-conscious. Where's Jeff? Do you know? I don't know, but he fled. He took the car. Fugitive. That's a weird heist. And Jeff came back for two days, I believe. Like if this was his big plan... Why didn't he just do it after day one? He's a suspicious guy on many next door posts. Guarantee. What else do we talk about? My dad has hair. My wife compliments my cooking by saying it's like Taco Bell. That's it. Oh, my desire to have a toupee one day instead of hair restoration treatment. What are body parts that I would replace? Prematurely. Like I understand some people actually have to have medical procedures. 
but just for vanity purposes, smooth forehead, maybe like if I had all the money in the world, would I get a height augmentation? Sure. Add a couple of inches. Um, should I just stop here? Otherwise it's going to be an overshare course. What else? What else? What else? Tummy tuck. <laughs> Rather than just go two weeks of eating well, should I get a tummy tuck facelift? No, I don't want a facelift. I want to sink. I want my face to sink like a bulldog. One of these days. I want to be so wrinkled one day that I do just turn into an English bulldog. Like I said, English bulldog, the best looking animal out there. The cutest thing I've ever seen, an English bulldog. So I think my self-conscious perspective, my insecurities will finally go away when I'm 96 years old and I look in the mirror and I look like a wrinkled, droopy bulldog. Going up, see? And that's how I think my voice will evolve as well. Like right now, I could speak to you like this. Hey, it's episode 80. But by the time I'm 92, if you call me on the phone, hello? Anybody calling anybody on the phone anymore? No? How many phone calls do you have a week? Zero to one. Closer to zero? How many text messages do you send a week? 950? Yeah, we're just typing. We're just typing at this point. We're talking into our phones to type. Folks, I'm going to get going. I'm just going to collapse right now into a hot tub. Not a jacuzzi, not a hot tub, but a tub filled with hot water. You don't give a shit. Okay, that's episode 80. I appreciate you listening. It's now in the books. <laughs>